Hello, I am Paulina Turner, a 10th grader in ASFM. And I'm Isabella Lima, another 10th grader in ASFM. We're both currently taking a modern economic issues class this semester, and we will be touching base on the topics that we did interviews about since our topics are different. We'll be sharing a bit about each and seeing how they relate to each other, even giving our opinions with it. So to start, for the last couple of days, we as a class were introduced to NAFTA, or now USMCA, a treaty between Mexico, US, and Canada that removed many tariffs between the countries. And on the other hand, since my parents were not in Mexico at the time NAFTA was implemented, I was able to talk to them, especially my dad, about Fernando Enrique Cardoso, one of Brazil's presidents during the 1990s. Going back to the NAFTA, the initial trade agreement began the 1st of January of 1994, and it was changed to USMCA the 1st of July of 2020. Before NAFTA, there wasn't many spe specialization and each business did everything. It was highly inefficient and was hard to import items and products that were brought. And there was constant low quality with high price. Although NAFTA and Plano Real did not happen under the same implementation in presidents, they were both in an external crisis in terms of trade and way of life. And they were implemented the same year, 1994, and have certain similarities. Before Plan Hell, life was very difficult and different, just like NAFTA. There was high inflation, high taxes, no price stability, poor infrastructure, dictatorship, and not very good businesses profit. Some examples of NAFTA or stories are that before a factory that made bicycles had to produce every single part of it. It took a long time. After, it, after NAFTA, it imported some pieces from X country, the tires from Y country, and they focused on assembling the bike. The bicycles became much cheaper and could compete in the market. Unluckily, some business just couldn't catch up with the growth and what they previously sold at a fair price became way too expensive. The customers chose other brands and many did become bankrupt. When NAFTA started, Canadians and Americans did invest in Mexico. As an example, auto factories that were previously in Michigan moved to Mexico where workers were cheaper. Although it seems like Mexicans suffered from this, their quality of life did improve and there were more jobs for Mexicans. Now, in terms of Plano Real and Fernando Cardoso, a few weeks before the implementation of the new currency began, my grandparents had to go to the supermarket and stock everything up, since the same amount of money in the next month would not be possible to purchase the same products. This was due to the uncertainty of this new change. Many families were scared the prices would go up and the Brazil situation would become worse. This, in fact, did not occur. Since inflation was lowered back in 1994, the real became stronger and gave consumers purchasing power, putting them in a position to bargain because they did not assume their money was rapidly losing value. Eventually, letting them buy more caused lots of businesses to have more profits. Unluckily, since Fernando Ricardoso was a neoliberal in which the company sold by the government achieved increased profitability as a result of the disengagement from the state, in addition to privatizing industry, he encouraged policies that eliminated barriers to trade. This caused companies to become owned by the government, yet still making their own profit, leading many of them to shrink and many people lost their jobs in order for the companies to become more comp competitive. 
With NAFTA, it basically became a survival of the fittest at the beginning of the trade agreement. And many Mexican companies disappeared and went bankrupt due to lack of competitiveness because they didn't become expensive, they became expensive and they couldn't compete with the very big companies that had higher purchasing power because they would buy more. NAFTA did bring plenty benefits to Mexicans as well as Canadians and Americans. As I already previously mentioned, the quality of life did improve. There were more jobs and lower prices, which seems like a win-win situation. Many factory workers were able to afford items that they couldn't before, such as cars or smartphones right now. Many, all, many other companies did grow and there was an American and Canadian investment in Mexico that profited Mexico in a great way. I think that Fernando Cardoso is probably one of the best presidents Brazil has ever had. His intelligence and implementations have really changed Brazil. At the time my parents had me, Brazil was already center stage in the world in terms of trade. And he was really able to open doors for many citizens, both morally and physically. Since he was actually a very focused on giving people the same rights, he chose to give public schools a try. And that really worked and really improved Brazil's condition to where they are now. So now we'll be talking about new understanding or discoveries or agreements that we've come across. Um, due to the fact that both our agreements and interviews were different, we learned new things about each other's interviews. For example, what I learned about uh, NAFTA is that many big companies did move to Mexico instead of just leaving Mexico out. America and Canada invested um, here in the businesses. And there's also similarity that I was able to notice between both disagreements, and is that there were many people who lost jobs. And I think it is a pattern in the business industries that whenever something changes, um, then everything else is too, almost like a domino effect. And I think that that will remain the same for many years unless someone comes up with a way to, lead, to deal with unemployment when it comes to change just as a whole anyway. I think that Fernando Enrique Cordoso was a great figure and I'm glad to hear that his movement did create a positive impact in Brazil. And something that I connected when listening to Isa was a connection to one time where in Monterrey and Mexico, I think there was a rumored shortage of gasoline because they were changing some systems in the pipes where it was traveling through. So that led for people to actually go and get all their cars and have gasoline in all of them, which created even more of a shortage. And it reminded me of when Isa mentioned that they went to the grocery store to buy everything. And at the end of the day, that wasn't like there wasn't a necessity to do that. And I think that in general, it was a great idea to to bring the new implementations to Brazil. And it was a great benefit for the country as a whole. Now for the closure or summary, I wanted to recap that when having the interview, I did ask my father like what would happen if the trade agreement was withdrawn. And he said that all the advancements that we have today with all the advancements that we have today, something like that would be very unlikely, which in my opinion makes sense since we have all adapted to this lifestyle and going back to how it was in 1994, it wouldn't be beneficial to anyone. 
And also it makes me think that in the future, it wouldn't be any type of event like this and the global trade would just increase and there would be more benefits. I hope to see a better treatment of or implementation of some regulations for the workers since globalization has brought poor conditions to workers. And I do think that those changes will happen eventually. And to conclude with all that statements, we realize the importance of the USMCA that is here to stay. I also think that related to that, the same can be said about our implementations made in Brazil. In order for all the implementation trades to get behind to the way it was before 1994 again, it will be almost impossible. Um, the same way with NAFTA, we have come a long way in terms of technology, mindset and growth. To have everything both Mexico and Brazil being said it will not really be possible and really very, like Paulina has mentioned, not beneficial at all. The great implementation agreements of the past form part of our project and I'm certain that they remain part of our future. Thank you. Thank you. Um, so I would like to know as a question, what were how did it affect um mexico politically in terms of um maybe the different parties or people like did they all agree with it um and how did that change in the in the day-to-day -day life after the interview with my father we concluded that mexico became a little bit more modern as a system there was a bit more of democracy as well and encouragement to better the conditions of workers since the US and Can Canada like to see people working with good conditions, treated well, paid well, and with social security. And also answering the question of day-to-day -day life. In my father's perspective, there wasn't a huge change from day-to-day -day, or there wasn't an instant change from day-to-day there was bigger changes in the north of Mexico and in the Bay, but there are other areas of Mexico that didn't change as quickly. And there was an easier trade of goods and they were much more cheaper. And with more casual things, there were more availability of US products, drinks, candies, and things like that. I would like to ask you what changes did you see politically or what changes did your father see politically in Brazil after he implemented his new ideas? And um, According to my father, the changes that he saw, it was a heavy political change um, since Fernando Henrique Cardoso, he kind of, like as a new president, he removed every sort of dictatorship that had made the country bad in the past. He was able to talk to um, other ex-politicians or other parties that were going against him at the time um, about how they were dealing with their dictatorship and how it was bad for the country and how he wanted to change. So he always talked it through to everyone and everyone both in the party and both people who were once politically engaged in matters of the government. Um, especially because he was in office for two years. So in Brazil, it's four years, uh, one term and then another four years, another term. So he was re-elected and he was the president of Brazil for eight years. 
So Huey was able to almost push back the ideals that other people in other parties had. And an interesting thing that my dad told me is that he was able to create a more modern system of democracy. And he even refused to trade with any other country that was under dictatorship, like Cuba, just to keep it fair and so that they could see what they were doing wrong.